welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Good morning, good morning, or whatever time of day it is for you if you're watching on demand later. My name is Josh and I pastor the Woking Congregation with my beautiful wife Emma. I do just want to make a specially big shout out to the Emmaus Woking crew. I miss you, Emma misses you, and we can't wait to be together again soon. Here's actually a little confession. I actually avoid driving past Hope Valley School because I miss you all so much. In case you don't know, that is where Emmaus Woking used to meet on Sundays. And if I'm honest, I feel like I would do anything to show up there on a Sunday morning at 7.30am and put some chairs out and heat some croissants up under a little light, which is what we used to do, ready for church. It is funny, isn't it, the different ways that we all deal with pain. But anyway, one day we will be together again soon and that will be awesome. But while we can't gather, we can do this. And what a journey of online church it's been. Honestly, it wouldn't have been the same without you. So before we jump into the Bible, why don't we pray? Jesus, I pray that in these next few moments, something would get said that is helpful and speaks a sense of truth into our hearts. We thank you that truth leads into freedom. And Jesus, that is what you want for us. As we look to thrive in uncertainty, freedom would be a key for that. So I thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Amen. Amen. Before we jump into the scripture, one thing that God has been reminding me of this whole lockdown experience is as a follower of Jesus, I need to remember that there is a difference between truth and facts. When I look at the news, the facts seem pretty scary, but I and you and we, we all live from a different truth. And so we all get to look at those facts knowing this truth. And that reminder has really helped me feel encouraged at times and helped me pray. However, The fact is, is that we do live in uncertain times. And the question for all of us is, so how then are we going to thrive? And as a church, we've been journeying through the book of Ephesians, this book which Paul wrote whilst in prison, to try and find some keys and truth that can help us live today. COVID-19 has created a huge amount of uncertainty, and it's something that we're all facing in different ways at the moment. And uncertainty is challenging for a number of reasons. But a huge overarching reason is because of the way that we all make sense of the world. It's really hard not knowing how the story of the season will play out. It's hard not knowing how it's going to end. The unknown is scary and no one likes to feel out of control. Uncertainty creates pressure and that can easily breed feelings of fear and anger, discouragement and disappointment. So with all that in mind, let's turn to the Bible. Today we're looking at Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2, which you can find in your own Bible, but the verse will be on the screen. So let's read together. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Ephesians really is an amazing book of the Bible. If you can only read one of the books, then I'm guessing it would be this one. It was a letter meant to be read by different churches and it's the only one of Paul's letter that actually doesn't address a particular issue he's trying to correct, like the other epistles were. The epistle is divided into two sections. The first three chapters are all about the believer's position, who we are, which as a church we have looked at, and I recommend going back and watching those if you haven't. Then the next three are revelations about what we are to do. In some translations, these next three chapters are linked by this word, therefore, Based on all of what you've just heard in the first three, therefore, live like this. 
This next section is all about the believer's practice. And it's introduced by the verses that we're looking at today. Walk worthy of your calling. The rest of the book is all about what the spirit-filled living is to look like. It's very encouraging that there is something of honour and nobility and worth about who we are called to be and what we are called to do. Walk worthy of your calling. So how do these verses help us today? First off, I would like to suggest that to thrive when we don't have certainty means we have to work out where we can find clarity and what remains constant for us as followers of Jesus. Since God is not a God of control, then our ability to thrive must actually be rooted in something that isn't connected to our ability to control our circumstance. So this is the key statement for all of us this morning, or whenever you're watching. We thrive by getting clarity on our calling and finding what remains constant rather than living as victims to our surroundings and our circumstances. This verse lays out that despite there being extremely challenging circumstances, Paul being in prison, we can live from our calling. I think that this is the main drive and theme of the whole book of Ephesians. This gospel, this good news of Jesus is supposed to invade every area of our life and help us to live on purpose, with purpose and for a purpose. And each of those is related to our calling as his followers and how we are to live this calling out. Purpose is such a huge word for all of us. During lockdown, we have watched as our one-year-old Jonas has gone from not being able to walk or talk to now doing both those things. And watching this newfound independence and freedom is a real joy. However, with that has come a lot more clashes with his older brother, Jackson. One thing that we're working on with him is not biting, which seems to be Jonas's special move. The big issues for Jackson after being hurt by this moment is one, the obvious pain. He is only one, but when he bites, it does hurt. But two, which I would say is a, actually a bigger issue for Jackson, is whether Jonas did it on purpose. Because if he did it on purpose, then that changes everything for Jackson. There is suddenly intention and motivation for the action. It's premeditated, it's thought through, it's aggressive. And ultimately, this moment doesn't just hurt his body, it actually hurts his heart. Purpose is a huge deal. And that's the question today. Has this uncertainty changed our purpose? Is there still clarity on my calling? Are there any constants that we can live from? If I can find answers to this, then freedom and thriving will be something that I can live in. At the very beginning of this verse, we see that a key to thriving starts by the acknowledgement of the crisis we're in. As a prisoner for the Lord. That's what Paul writes. One thing that will not help us to thrive is denial. That isn't faith. Faith actually is the ability to look at the same situation that everyone else is looking at, but still hope. Being full of this truth which trumps the facts. It's clear that these verses, that despite the pain of the situation prison, it is still possible to hold on to a vision of who we are and what we're called to do. Paul was able to write these things because he knew how he was supposed to live before his circumstances changed and he found himself in crisis. His stance was more powerful than his circumstance. It's my conviction that until we acknowledge what is going on, we're actually not able to receive what God has for us in the season and we miss out on some of the things that could help strengthen us. 
COVID-19 and this season have caused me two big headline issues that the rest of this verse has really helped me with. Now, like all of us, there has been lots of different things that have been hard over the last four months. This season has taken from all of us. And that spectrum of loss is huge and we could all place different things on there. But I believe and it's my conviction that God does want to meet us in those places of loss. But the places that I've struggled with personally have been around two main things. One, my function, you could call this career or role. And two has been my family. And what I mean by this is where you live or who you interact with regularly. And the rest of this verse has helped me get a vision for both these things. So let's look at them. First off, function. I am a pastor and I love what I do. However, like everyone, the way that I do my role has had to change. The funny thing that happened was the very last Sunday that we were all together, we were in Ho Valley School and it was a great Sunday. We had actually opened up the bottom of the school for the very first time in a very planned, but clearly not very prophetic foresight that we were growing and we needed more space. It was the God at Work panel Sunday and I was interviewing some of the Woking Church family. And I said during the interview, if I wasn't a pastor, I'd have loved to have worked on live TV. So I suppose I shouldn't complain really. The very next Sunday we were online. And like I said earlier, we haven't been back. And it's been a real challenge for all of us. I'm sure everyone watching, the way that you do life has had to change. Maybe not a job, but your life and your role will have changed. And for me, being honest, this change at times has been really painful. And actually caused me to question my value and my worth. At Emmaus Woking, we had a total knockout term plan through the spring and into the summer. We had all the usual church life stuff going on, but also we had an awesome Easter service plan with gunge tanks. We had another big alpha course that we were going to run. The Barnsbury Lighthouse was about to open. Um, We had football events that were going to be linked to the Euros. We had a great plan in place. And the thing that really got me is that we would have done it. And we wouldn't just have done it, we would have completely smashed it. And so cancelling them was painful. But the bigger issue for me was that after we started cancelling all this stuff, I realised how big a deal the stuff was. Now let me be really clear, these events weren't wrong, and one day we will do it all again, bigger and better. But how much of my value I placed on what we were doing and what we were achieving started to surface. I didn't even know that this was a thing for me. I'm a total champion of the message that you have value because God loves you, not because you're successful. However, as soon as my usual metrics were taken away, I found myself starting to feel like the Lord asking me the question, can you still say those things about your identity? And what I realised was that I had loads of my value wrapped up in what I was doing. And what has been really helpful is this verse highlights that the way that we outwork the knowledge of this high call that we have is that we walk in humility. My circumstances have changed. What I'm achieving has changed. And I've been given the opportunity to humbly lay down the normal things I was doing. Everything that we're planning isn't happening. And what I've realised is there have been loads of freedom for me in recognising that as church life has changed and some of the things that I was finding my value in have been taken away, the importance of humility has been brought up. My identity is not supposed to get so sucked up in what I do. I like to define the redeemed identity as someone who lives with humble confidence. And the acid test of whether that is true is are we okay when our function changes, when what we're planning can't happen, when we're called to serve something else, 
when we're less visible, or maybe someone else's ideas go ahead instead of our own? Do we still believe we are who God says we are? I've been able to thrive as I have found freedom and humility, which I can walk in even when these uncertain and changing circumstances have related to my function. Now, the other place I've struggled has been in family, specifically the living situation I find myself in. And I think whatever your living or working situation is, you'll be able to relate to some of what I'm about to share. It's good to be vulnerable, right? What we learned from Julia Immonen at the Alpha course in the autumn was that we impress with our strength, so I hope you're impressed, but we connect with our weakness. But they've also acted as my anchor. For us, lockdown has been in a house with three bedrooms and five people. There is me, my wife Emma, my two sons, Jackson and Jonas, and then the mighty Mike Strong, the Emmaus Road student pastor and all-round legend. It has been a full-on experience for me as a husband, as a dad, and as a friend. And right at the beginning of lockdown in March, me and Em and Mike, we chatted in the kitchen, we had a family meeting, and there we said there is an invitation here to handle this next season really well. However, we all knew that it was an invitation and not a conclusion. It's going to be a time of pressure, there's going to be tension, and we're going to need to make choices. And we committed to being honest and having open lines of communication. We recognised that there would be moments when under normal circumstances, a particular issue wouldn't really be a problem, but in this time it probably will. But what we've all realised is plans are great and practice is harder. We've all worked on being gentle and we've got that right and we've got it wrong. We've all worked on being patient and again we've got that right and we've got it wrong. And ultimately we've all worked on loving each other well and realised that that's a journey. It feels funny reflecting on the season and some of the moments of tension that have come up in our house. And every issue that has come up, you can root the issue back to the fact that we lost clarity on who we are and how we're called to live as people of love. If we work hard to maintain the simple clarity of love, then it becomes easier because the truth is, love is all you need. The definition of love that Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians 13 actually has an answer for every single moment that has caused an issue in our house. And there have been many. And if I'm honest, the person most guilty of not being gentle and patient is me. (laughs) And that's also very humbling. And if I'm even more honest, the only combo that hasn't actually had any issues, I think, has been Mike and Jonas. Other than that, we've all made a mess with someone and had to clear it up. But the exciting thing is, is that we'll continue to do that. And we will come out of this time stronger. Brene Brown, the author and TED Talk speaker, talks in one of her books about a conversation that she had with her husband. And she asked a question along the lines, do you think people are generally trying to do their best? Which is a great question. And he responded with an answer I think is even better. He said, I don't know, but I know I'm a better person when I believe that. It's a freeing thing to believe the best about people. It's freeing to know that despite the pressure put on relationships, whether friends or family by the season, we are called to remain constant in the posture of love that looks like gentleness and patience. So what can we do to help us thrive? One, my suggestion is reread this portion of scripture. I would also suggest rereading the whole of Ephesians in one sitting. And two, in terms of this is spoken to you specifically about your function or your relationships, then with regards to function, I would suggest praying and then write down some of the truths of what God will say to you about your value outside of what you do. And in terms of family and relationships, if there are people who are proving particularly tricky in your life, I would suggest ask God to tell you what he thinks of them 
is helpful to get a vision. And as he speaks to you, it always releases grace for us to act differently. And lastly, my ultimate encouragement from this passage is that despite the uncertainty around us, we can thrive because there is clarity on our calling and how we walk that out remains constant. We don't follow Jesus depending on what is going on around us. We follow Jesus despite it. This is who we are. And I'm going to say it because I wanted to say it this whole lockdown. This is us. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you online or in person soon.